want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. Hey, everyone. I got a question for you. Have you ever longed for something of your own while raising a family? Well, I am excited to introduce you all to the founder and CEO of Reset Home, Maku Mateo. I actually met her in person, I think almost over a year ago, at the Disney Institute's Veteran Institute Summit. And it was really cool to meet her, very sociable, lots to share. And so in this conversation today, Maku shares her experiences as a military spouse, mother of three, and 2023 service to CEO graduate of the Rosie Network. She was aspiring for something as fulfilling as a stay-at-home mom. She decided to pursue her passion for organizing in 2020. Despite the challenges of balancing family responsibilities and business, her first client left her feeling fulfilled and motivated to continue. Thanks to the Rosie Network, she has a more clear business vision and messaging. She also has reoccurring clients and maintains a work-life balance her way, which is always great. Maku, it's great to hear about your entrepreneurial journey and the balancing act between multiple life priorities. I actually have to admit that uh, Maku was supposed to be on our show back in season six. And just with scheduling and things that we were prioritizing, it just didn't work out. But I think that this was actually better for Maku to join us for season seven. So Maku, thank you, thank you again so much for being on the show. I also want to take this time to say that this is going to be an ad-free conversation thanks to my company here at US Vet Wealth, where we're all about providing financial services and resources to our military retirees and also a lot of bonus content for Holding on the Fort, which is all available for you at holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. I really love this portal and I will talk more about it in the post commentary. Feel free to look it up right now while you're listening to the episode. Or actually, if you want to know how to get a hold of Maku, go ahead and visit our website, holdingonthefortpodcast.com. And in the search bar, go ahead and search episode 175. That's episode 175. And there you'll find Maka Mateo's show notes and ways to contact her, especially if that's something you want to do while you listen to this conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Maku. And enjoy this conversation. I'll chat with you all in the post commentary after the outro music. All right. Well, I am so excited for today for season seven of Holding on the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth because I get to reunite with someone I had met well over a year ago at the, I'm always going to butcher this, at the Disney Institute's Veteran Institute Summit in Florida at Disney World, Maku Mateo. And I got to tell you, I just remember we were like at a restaurant at the Animal Kingdom and we didn't really talk till the end. But when we did, we talked basically till closing when everyone started to leave. So without further ado, Maku, welcome to Holding Down the Fort. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah. I, awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's been some time. And actually, I, I am excited to have this conversation because we wanted to have you in season six. Like we even had a pre-interview and everything. But I think it was meant to happen in this fashion because holding down the fort for season seven is a lot more, I would say, like focused and I think really aligns with who you are today, because I know that you have made a lot of improvements into your own business, which we will get to in our conversation today. But before we do, Maku, I have interview questions questions here. And I would love for you to pick one by picking a number between one and five. So pick a number. <laughs> and then we'll go. I'll we'll, say num- number two. Two. Okay. So we'll go with this question. All right. So Maku, what is your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, it... <laughs> 
<laughs> there is one that uh, I had fun a few months ago. I went karaoke with my friends and my husband. And um, since nobody knows the lyrics because they're in Spanish, but everybody <laughs> knows the dance. So I sing the Macarena. Oh. Because it's, an, it's, it's actually from Spain. So I know all the lyrics in Spanish. So like everybody's like, oh, you know the lyrics. Like, well, yeah, of course I do know them. You're like, I'm from Spain. So, yeah, exactly. So everybody has fun with that. And I don't sing it that well, but at least people just have fun. Yeah, that is such a fun like party song also, because like I think yeah. everyone I know knows the moves. It's so easy. You just use your hands and then eventually your hands end up on your hips you shake your hips and then you turn yeah. around and you do it all again like it's fun exactly <laughs> I love it I love it yeah well thanks for sharing that and I think that's awesome you're definitely the first person who's told me that you can sing that song in its entirety because I just feel like like I said when it comes to that song it's more about the dance than it is about actually knowing the lyrics yeah <laughs> yeah which is fun too yeah, no, absolutely. It's so funny because I have some friends recently asked me, like, what was my favorite, like, go to karaoke songs? And I've had like a list of karaoke songs in my notes, like on my phone forever. And I was collecting it throughout the years because in the past, I used to go to karaoke stuff all the time with friends. And I never wanted to be blindsided. Like I always wanted to come prepared. So I actually have like a list. I have a list of songs, like go-to songs. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so I haven't used them in years, but I think I'm starting to develop like friends here locally where they're the kind of people who would want to go to a karaoke bar. So at least I'm come prepared. But anyway, I've, it's a long list. I won't get into it. But just know that I would be prepared if ever you and I went karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be so fun. Yeah, yeah. I call deeps on Macarena though. <laughs> there you go. That's my go-to song. Awesome. I love it. Well, yeah, Maku, I'm so excited to get into your life today. Speaking of which, give us a quick snapshot of your life to our listeners who are meeting you for the first time, especially because you and your husband recently transitioned out of the military. Yes. Yeah, so my husband retired from the Navy after 24 years. Wow. Um, recently, I would say March was his last day as active duty. And it's different. It's definitely different. We've been married for nine years now, and uh, we have three kids, and we we lived overseas in North Carolina. Now we're here in Pensacola, sure. where he retired, and uh, for right now, we're staying put for a little bit. We don't know what's coming, but as of right now, he found a good job in the civilian world, and so we're just staying here for a little bit, since we don't know what but what else to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to decide what to do when, you know, everything's been given yeah. constantly. You know, so military family. So but so as of right now, things are working out where we are. So we're staying here for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's great for you, for you both to slow down and, and not have to rush yourselves into deciding where you're going to go next. Because I know part of your story is you had met your husband when he was well a little over a decade into his service already and and life sped up for you. You know, I know that you mentioned in our offline conversations how you had like three kids back to back every two years and it just seemed like there was just no time to slow down. So it must be quite a, a surreal feeling having spent, you know, the recent months this year to like not feel rushed to do anything. I imagine that must be an interesting experience for you. <laughs> It has been definitely different. Just thinking about like not having to move yeah. again, it kind of gives me a little bit of an anxiety because <laughs> we're so used to it. Yeah. And uh, thinking of like, you know, settling here or, you know, even though we've been living here for four and a half years, but it hasn't never felt like home, mm. home because everything was temporary being in the military, right? So now that it's like kind of a decision to stay here, Things feel a little scary yeah. to just like, you know, slow down like that. But as I said, it's been working out for us. So we're happy about it, you know. Yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting way to describe it. And I think it's very valid when I think about my own upbringing, having been a military kid for the first three years or first 10 years of my life and moving around quite frequently. I felt like once we did get settled somewhere, even though we were physically settled, I mentally wasn't settled. Like I just felt like a lot of my life afterward into my adult life felt like I always had to do some kind of transition. Like even if like it wasn't needed, it just felt like I had this internal clock to like have to start over. And so now, you know, fast forward to today, 
I'm very much in that headspace of like, okay, I just want to settle. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to aspire for that because like, I don't know what that looks like, what that feels like. And, you know, I'm here saying this as someone who's been far removed from the military for 20 years now. And I think that, you know, part of why I love doing Hold Down the Fort and hearing people's stories such as yourself is, you know, kind of recognizing that I'm not the only person who has experienced that. And, you know, for you and your family, that is that is quite fresh, I would say. And I'm curious how your kids are handling it. Um. Well, my kids are very young. My oldest is only seven and my so I have three, seven, five, and mm. three. So they're still like really not aware of things, you know, per se. So they haven't really changed. I mean, they haven't noticed the mu- that much to change because, you know, we've been living here, as I said, four and a half years. So my oldest was only three when we got here. Mm. So for her, it feels kind of like home. We've been going to the same church. We've been going to the same parks. Yeah the same restaurant I don't know like it feels a little bit like home for her you know it's funny because sometimes she takes a southern accent like all of a sudden because you know we're right next to Alabama and I was like no we we, in this moment we don't have a southern accent we're not from here you know but she she's kind of from here you know all three of them so it's odd but for them it's not it wasn't that big of a deal the retirement Definitely the transition, they felt it because there were some tensions at home. My husband was at home for a long period of time, you know, a Mm. few months in between, you know, terminal leave and finding a new job and such and such. So they saw that, you know, there were some changes going on. My husband is not wearing his uniform anymore, you know, so it's, it's different. But at the same time, I don't think they know, they understand fully what's yeah, going on. Yeah, absolutely. So they seem to be fine so long as they're watching a movie where they're in school. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love it. So a lot of your, the last uh, real you know decade of your life, or for, for as long as you've been with your husband, at least, a lot of your life has been about his career and for you being a mother. And I know that when we spoke offline, as much as you love being both, you were also hungering for something more, like something to to add to your life. So tell us about that longing, you know, that you had experienced. And what did you find? What did you find when you, I guess that longing kind of met what you were looking for? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, you know, like I love being married. I love being a mom. And, you know, I didn't fully understand what it meant to be a military spouse yeah. you know, when I married my husband. But I knew that I was just going to be an accessory of his mm-hmm. life, you mm-hmm. know, of like, OK, you're going to be going there because it's work. And I, I will never have a say about it. You know, it's it was mostly, you know, we just accept it as a couple and we, you know, just put our armor and let's go yeah. for it. You know, like we were both together with uh, a new challenge right and when I became a mom a few months later we moved to North Carolina so it was a new duty station I didn't know anybody I was coming from Spain Mm -hmm. I did know English very well and I knew the American culture but it wasn't the same as where I was because I was in Orlando first and then you know North Carolina to Florida they're quite different you know so culture and everything so That was a little challenging because it felt very lonely. But at the same time, you know, I still wanted to be a mom. I still wanted to go to play dates and, Mm -hmm. you know, try to get out there because I'm very social. I can't just be Mm -hmm. at home, you know, Mm -hmm. so. And then so I was and then I had my second baby and I was doing all these play dates and I was trying to, you know, be active in the, you know, in church and, and in the library and all doing, trying to do all these things and still be at our stay at home mm-hmm. mom. And I was talking to my friends and I was like, don't you feel like you're missing something? You know, like, yes, we're caring for our children. And there were mostly all military spouses as well. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like. I'm fine, you know, like I'm very happy in my role as a mother and as a spouse. And it's like, I loved being both of those things, but I was like always wanting more for myself because I was like 24 seven, just giving, 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 Mm -hmm. which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I still felt like I was not a hundred percent happy for myself. Yeah. So that's when I started like, okay, what can I do? And I started doing things more for myself, not entirely, you know, not thinking about business or making money, Mm -hmm. but it's 
like trying to find things that I I would enjoy for myself, mm-hmm. you know. So that helped a lot. And then another move, another PCS came along, another baby came along, and I just like this feeling of you know unease that I had. Like I need to do something for myself. And then I found, you know, an idea. You know, it came back an idea that I had for a few years that I loved organizing and I love you know, doing all things organizing. So I just started reading and how to make my own business and and about entrepreneurship, about, you know, how to be a professional organizer, how to be a CEO, how to, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And then once I started, I just couldn't stop. Yeah. It was just like one thing after another. It was like everything that was like sparking this flame in me that I get just like boom, 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 boom. And then, and this is, you know, I'm talking 2020. I had my last baby March 2020, wow. you know, like right when COVID started. And just a few months, my my youngest was an infant. And I started with this idea and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So there was no classes going on because everything was COVID. Mm-hmm. Everything was shut down. So I was like with my computer just researching 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 and i trying to find things online that i can have you know even like youtube videos or put to business uh classes and all these things that i was like i just need information because first of all i had no idea about entrepreneurship you know because i didn't know anything about you know what llc was because i knew about how to create a business in Spain, mm, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but not here, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like the legality of it. I had no idea. So there was a lot of things that it was just pure research, you know? And, but at the same time, I was just like so eager to learn about all that because I finally thought like, I can do yeah. this, you know, and still be a military spouse and still be a mother. Yeah. You know, because I found that, you know, doing it for myself, but also having that flexibility of like, okay, my family needs me now, you know, or I can divide my time in between, you know, being a military spouse, being a mom, and also have that good outlet where I can feel very, very fulfilled and, you know, all my creativity and everything can channel for to to that area, you know, so... It was definitely a challenge because the circumstances were not ideal Mm -hmm. with three kids at home because they didn't have school. School shut down. My husband was teleworking. Mm -hmm. So we were all five of us in a super teeny tiny house. And we, (laughs) yes. And, you know, with no home office, I had my laptop in just a corner of the living room, you know, with all three kids just yelling all day, you know. And so... I would just spend like the nights once all the kids are down for sleep, you know, like I will spend the, the whole night just researching and learning and such. And most nights I will go to sleep at two or three o'clock in the morning, just, you know, but I, it was that feeling of like, I want to do yeah. this, you know, like, and I, and then I couldn't stop, you know, and just a few months later, I opened my own, my own LLC. I had my first client and I came home with such a huge smile on my face. Like I was like in a cloud, yeah. you know? And then I told my husband, like, I felt awful because all three of my kids were crying when I left the house. <laughs> like, no, don't leave us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I came home and I was like, so, so happy, yeah. you know? I was like, like feeling like I want to do this for the rest of my yeah. life. Like I absolutely love doing it, you know? And it's like, I haven't had that feelings in forever you know so it was definitely despite all the late nights and despite all the difficulties it was like I knew from that moment on that like it was all worth it you know I love that so much and I love that desire for you to like once you figured out what it was which is for you it's organizing you really went down this rabbit hole you did a ton of self-education a ton of online research up until the point that you were able to create your LLC and have your first client and come back feeling like yes this was all worth it like all the all the long nights that I stayed up and all the you know, sleepless nights, if anything, because I got to still wake up for the kids and do all the things that I need to do as a yeah. as a wife and as a as a mother. And, you know, when I think about your story, Maku, it 
like I think of a jar. So think about like a jar and in the jar, you're you're placing in big rocks. Each rock represents like important things in your life, right? Like your, you know, your husband um, and his career and then your kids, you know, the three separate big rocks in there, very big rocks, probably bigger than your husband. <laughs> and then all the other little <laughs> things, like all like little, little rocks that'll fit in the jar that could be other responsibilities that involve the household or any, you know, spontaneous things that may come your way. And then your business became the water that you put in the jar that surrounds everything else. And like the beautiful thing about water is it's flexible, right? Like it'll fit into the spaces that are available for it. And I feel like that's what your business was. It's like nothing was better than it's a very yes and situation and how you're able to like find something such as professional organizing to, you know, fit into this life that you have, this crazy busy life that you have. And I think that it just really, in a sense, is also like the sugar on top of your life that you find fulfilling. And it all fits in this jar that is of Maku. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah, and so I, I love that. And I love how you found that way and, and that desire and, you know, you persevere to you know, really make this something for you. And I know it's been a couple of years since you've been running your business now. And I know that part of your experience, like I remember when I, I met you even just two years ago, that was two years ago. No, that was last year. That had to be, that was, that was last year. Last okay. year, last that was year. Last year. And I remember, um, you know, we were all meeting for the first time, including Stephanie Brown from the Rosie Network. And, you know, I know that you mentioned to me that you actually decided to look into the Rosie Network and go through their program. So tell us about what that experience was like for you and your business. So actually, you know, when I met you, it was the first time I met Stephanie as <laughs> well. And even though I talked to her before over the phone and such, but like it was the first time meeting her in person. And, I, and you know, her energy is just like out of this world, you know, like her, how passionate she speaks about entrepreneurship and military spouses and such and such, you know. So I got to talk to her and it's like, what would you suggest? Like, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know, because one thing is like knowing about the activity of the business, but then on the business side of it, you know, all this technicality I didn't know mm-hmm. about, you know, or like I needed like just to define it a little better, you know. So she's like straight up, she said, like, go through the service to CEO program and you'll see how great, you know, and how much is going to help you with that you know, in, in that sense. And I did the moment I, I could fit that in, in my schedule, I apply, I got in and oh man, <laughs> it was stressful at first. <laughs> it was stressful because I felt like, you know, on top of, as you say, all my big rocks and my water and, you know, the jar was like overflowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for a little bit, it felt a little overwhelmed, but because it was all this new information, mm-hmm. new concepts I was trying to learn, you know, and not only that, it was like for me to think a lot about my business, you know, mm-hmm. so it was not only all this new concept, but like I had to put a lot of thought into it and, you know, a lot of thinking and, um, so anyways, that the first two or three weeks were a little overwhelming, but, after that, it was a good overwhelming mm. because it, it was, you know, kind of figure out what Reset Home is, you know, and what I wanted for it to be. Yeah. You know, so everything that I had to do, I had in the past two years kind of helped me all that experience kind of helped me really, you know, it just it was they were asking me the specific. Uh, let me see if I can word this correctly, but they were asking me the right questions Mm. in the right order yeah you know so it was like okay so what do you want on this and then the next question is like okay why Mm. and then you know so it was like helping me kind of like crumble all of it yeah and then just put it in order in a way just like oh totally makes sense you know like that's exactly what i've been wanting to do it just i didn't have the words words to express that you know so it kind of like completely crumbled what it was, my business, to put it just in the right order in the best way possible, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. So it's like they broke you down so they can build you back up. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And it was, you know, all this new concept that I had no idea. Like I knew what I, I kind of knew what I wanted, but they kind of, that they helped me guide all these thoughts that I already had. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I really like hearing about how they presented questions and challenges and suggestions in an order that really helped you unpack what you really want out of your business, what your messaging was going to be, you know, to the point where, you know, at the end of it, you know, you're able to have this clear messaging and plan and and all that stuff. And so that's really great to hear. And I think it's very valid that, you know, the first two weeks would be overwhelming in addition to like the life that you're already living. And I'm just glad that you stuck it out. Um, I hear quite often that sometimes the people you start with are the same people who end up, you know, graduating. And, you know, that happens. Life happens. It's completely understandable. But I commend you for having, you know, stuck it through. And, you know, here you are today, you know, here you are today running your business. And I would say, what what is the biggest difference now in your business than before you were part of the service to CEO program? I would say how I present Reset Home to mm-hmm. people, you know, like, because before it was like, yeah, I do organizing, like, don't you know? You know? <laughs> and people do not know, you know, so it's a good way for me to reassure on the idea of my business yeah. so I can communicate it to other people the best way, yeah. you know, so that helped a lot and it kind of with all that you know I was able to rearrange my entire website Mm. and you know word it properly you know kind of uh, have a good elevator pitch you know and all these things that you think like oh why would I need that I do do need that (laughs) you know (laughs) so it changed a lot because of this now I have like good foundation of you know what reset home is. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite thing to say to people when asked about your business? Um, about my business or about me being an entrepreneur? About the, like when people ask you about your business, like what would you say is like your most favorite thing to say about it? Um, I would say that it helps people that struggles. Mm-hmm. So it's not just... You know, I want to be posh and have my home organized, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's it's for like, it actually makes an impact on people. Yeah, on yeah. Lives. yeah. You know, I got to say that in the last two years, I've been fortunate to work with organizers. And the first time around, though, it was a very emotional experience for me because I was working with the person. And I mean, they did a great job like being objective and like kind of asking me, do you want to keep or donate? Like it was like a decluttering process first mm-hmm. and foremost, because we had a lot of stuff. And that's the reason why um, we hired her. But I got to say, it's like it was a very therapeutic, emotional process to like start off with that. And then now with where my husband and I are currently living, we decided to get organizers again. And this time around, it was a lot easier for me because I went through that practice of like, you know, being okay with like letting go of things, you know, and, and all that. And so I'm curious, what for in your case, what would you enjoy the most about, you know, helping your clients or, or if anything, I guess another question, and you can pick either one to ask, like, you know, what, what do most of your clients come to you for in regards to your services? Um, I think the kind of clientele that I attract is people that, for whatever reason, they are not in a good mental space to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. So... I enjoy the most when I can see that, you know, black cloud that they have in their in their heads, you know, start to like disappear little by little, you know. And by the time I'm, you know, leaving, I'm done with the session. They're just like, you know, there's a huge burden off their shoulders, you know, and it's like now I can breathe. Just the other day I had a client and she said like, uh, she she was telling me about a conversation I ha- she had with a friend, and this is a recurring client. And she said, like this friend of hers asked her, like, "What's your best therapist that you had over the years?" And she said, like, "My best therapist has been Maku. Maku come into my house and organize my home has been the best therapy I have ever had." You know, and it, I don't know. I mean, like she feels that that way, but I do feel like you know that instant reward. Of like, okay, you know, my house yeah. is organized. I can move on to things that are more important to me or like now I can feel at ease in my own home, you know. So yeah, it, there's 
organization and mental health and are completely linked and people don't realize how much of, uh, you know, that black cloud the forms in your head when you're surrounded by mess or clutter, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I want to make a comment about what you said earlier that most people, when they think organizing, like the first assumption is that, oh, you're just being posh and you're just trying to have mm-hmm. like a, a beautiful, presentable home. I will tell you one of the things I like about our new home being organized is that whenever my husband like asks me, like, where is something like he can find it now, like because yeah. we have labels on things and like mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that knows where everything is. You know, it's like I can look at a pile and I'll still know where everything is. But now that it's organized, it's like it's like, oh, I found it. You know, like he'll be in the other room. I found it. And I was like, ah. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. Yeah. That I get. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I tell a lot of my clients that are, you know, moms and they have, you know, a whole family and stuff. And it's like this is not about, you know. Like this is going to help you be a little less, you know, that head of the family of like controlling everything. Because now that, you know, this kid can knows where their toys, their clothes, their possessions are, you know, so they can be a little more responsible of their own things, you know. Yeah. And so that goes the same with the husbands, (laughs) you know, they can be a little more responsible of their own things, you know. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of helps the entire family. Yeah, for for sure. Absolutely. I I think it's more about, you know, just having a more effective, productive home because like everyone knows where everything is. And yeah, like I said, whenever Scott says, oh, I found it. Never mind. It's like, oh, that's so great. (laughs) It really really makes me happy. (laughs) I don't have to get up and like help him look for stuff. And it's great. But um, no, well, obviously, it sounds like you you know, really enjoy what you do. And you love seeing not just the physical transformation of a home, I imagine, but also like the mental transformation or like the reaction you see on your clients' faces when, you know, they feel like this burden has been lifted off their shoulders and the dark cloud is lifted and they just have so much more clarity and hope. And even though you're not a licensed therapist, like hearing your clients say like, you know what, my best therapy is working with Maku. (laughs) I think (laughs) it's a testament to, you know, the work that you do. And for anyone that, let's say, is afraid to hire someone such as you because maybe they're insecure about how their house looks like or maybe the possessions they have, like, what do you want to say to those people? I say I've seen worse, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and also not only in in clients' houses, but sometimes my house gets messy too, you know, because this is life, you know, my house is not perfect 24 seven because I have a husband, I have three kids and, yeah. you know, and life goes on and one day after another and sometimes you don't have the energy, you don't have the emotional, mental space for it, you know, and it's fine. It's okay. You know, yeah. I have to fight a lot of my own desire for perfection because that is not being happy, you know, mm-hmm. like striving for perfection because then I can't live in my own home neither my kids or my husband you know so it's a house and a home has to be a place where you live and where you are and it's you and your family you know so yes sometimes that's get crazy and overwhelming and messy and it's okay yeah and that's why people call me you know because I see them in their struggle, because I've struggled before too, you know, and it's completely fine. And always, always, always is, you know, just being not judgmental, you know, of their, their struggles. And they can have different opinions. I can force, I can't force people to get rid of things, even (laughs) though I think like, you don't need this. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's their decision, it's their things. And I'm there to guide them and respect their things and help them in the best way possible. Yeah. And I think it's great to have like a third party person such as yourself because you have no attachment to any of the items. So I think that, you know, when I think about the organizers I've worked out, I've worked with, I've really appreciated unbiasedness. And it's really just asking uh, the objective questions like, is this, you know, is this sentimental for you or mm-hmm. is it useful anymore? And then if it's not, like, do you want to donate it? Or, you know, like my organizers recently, they they put together all my sentimental items in like a box. And I was like, oh, I'm glad they did that because I wasn't ready to let go of those things just yet. So mm-hmm. knowing knowing how to do things like that, too, I think is 
you know, it's it's amazing. And it really does create peace of mind for, you know, people like me, and I'm sure the clients you work with who live very busy lives. And it does feel like a burden after a while to try to keep the house in order while, you know, in, in, in many of these cases, like having kids and having a busy home and, and all of that. So it is, um, I think, I think that more people need to know about professional organizers and, you know, like the kind of services that you can offer. And more importantly, like the, the peace of mind you can give people because at the end of the day, when everything is organized, it's like now their home could be more efficient. You don't come home feeling like, oh, my gosh, like you're not feeling overwhelmed. Like you don't feel like you're coming mm-hmm. home to, let's say, like a second or a third job or like the night shift because yep. you, know, you have to put everything everywhere, uh, put everything away. So um, it's uh, it's an amazing service that that you do. And and more importantly, I'm I'm also happy to hear that, you know, you found a profession that is flexible, you know, to your life. And, you know, if you if you and your family happen to move again, you know, you could definitely, you know, take that with you. So so it just it just seems like you're in such a great place in in your life right now. And I just want to express how happy I am for you, Maku. And thank um, you. Yeah. And and that being said, now that you are where you are now, I'm curious to know what does sustainability look like for you now? You know, meaning like, you know, where do you see your business going? And and also like how do you sustain it in the midst of everything in the jar that we, so to speak, that we've been talking about? Like, how do you sustain all that? <laughs> so it comes and goes, you know, motivation, it's not a straight line, you know, and yeah. sometimes I feel like, you know, I can stay up until three o'clock in the morning working on my laptop, you know, yeah. and some days I just spend like an entire week not even checking my email, you know, yeah. and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with it. And this, I just stay at home with my kids for a month and a half because I wanted them to have a summer, you know, and I'm able to do that because it's my own business. I decide what to do. Right. So, and then I can also that I already have, you know, the the kids go back to school this week and I already have a month and a half booked of clients, you know, and I know that once I come back, it's just like full on and I'm excited about it, but definitely there is, uh, as I said, it's not a straight line mm-hmm. and uh, always surround, I think, surrounding yourself with people that motivate you, that I always like, I'm still looking for a good coach and, and you know, good accountability partners and such, because sometimes I feel like I want to do a lot of things, but I'm in my the midst of my life. It's yeah. just hard to like get it done, you know, and um, but I'm not in a rush. I'm enjoying every step of it. And I'm okay as it is right now, even though I have bigger goals and, but I'm not in a rush. My kids are very young. Yeah. And that that will always be my priority, you know, my family life. So I don't know. It's just, as I say, it's it's just something that I do have my goals. I do have bigger ambitions, but little by little. There's no rush. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. To me, sustainability for you just sounds like, you know, staying the course when you're able to, when you can, when you want to. And, you know, I think that there's this weird notion about entrepreneurship that people are expected to dive in all the way and go 100% and constantly excel, 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 or (laughs) fail fast, as, as we often say. And if there's anything I learned being self employed for the last 12 years is that, like you said, what's the rush? Like, I I want to accommodate for life as well. I want to live my life. I want to have a social life. I want to have a sense of balance. I want to have an identity outside of what I do at work. And and so what's the rush? Because, you know, in your case, you're always going to have potential clients who are disorganized. That's always going to happen. People are always yeah. going to be moving. Unfortunately, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I wish, I mean, it's great for me, for my business, <laughs> but like, I know the benefits of, of being organized. And I know yeah. like people's heads just don't work that way. And, and it's fine. There will be always organizers like me to help them, but it's not, as, as you said, like, it, there's no reason for me to rush at yeah. all on my business, you know, I don't want it to do it like that because I don't want to be working for the next 20, 30 years like crazy and then realize that my life has gone, you know, just working and I have enjoyed, you know, all the stages of my kids and I neglected my relationship with my husband or my friendships or my, you know, family. There's so many other things, you know, to just 
slow down, look around. There's much, much more to life. And in a, not only entrepreneurship, you know, in an entrepreneur journey, it's like for everybody that is working in any kind of field, like slow down people. Like there is no reason, <laughs> yeah. you know, because here in the States, and that's one of the things that I always see different from Spain to here. And th there's a lot of people that, you know, that have lived in both places that they, they mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's like in Spain, we work to leave. Mm. And here in the States, you leave to work, you yeah. know, and there's like sometimes just, you know, your life is much, much more than just, you know, a paycheck. Yeah. You know, so the only reason I started working was because I love doing what I do, you yeah. know, and yes, I get paid for it. But, you know, that was like the least interesting thing about it, you yeah. know. So, you know, we're, yes, sometimes you have to take jobs that are not 100% what you like, you know, to provide and for your family. And and that is a great sacrifice, right? Yeah. But, you know, the, what if you did what you love, you know? Would you yeah. go, you know, wake up at seven o'clock in the morning like, yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this and that. And it, it just feels like a whole different level of wanting to do things. And then yeah. when you get home, you feel very fulfilled with, yes, whatever. And then like you're ready to take on the next thing, which is, you know, bath time with the kids, dinner yeah. time and do a thousand laundry loads, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like and then it comes the weekend and you don't feel like, ah. Uh, Finally, the weekend, you yeah. know, and like, yes, the weekend, yes, you can do things that are different, but it's not all, it's not that go, 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 work, 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 and then yes, paycheck, and then I'm just going to spend all my money, you know, yeah. it, it's not like that, just slow down, enjoy life, there's much, much more than that. Yeah, I have a, a friend who is kind of a, a self-proclaimed workaholic, and I haven't gotten an answer from her yet because we're kind of like pen pals and we send each other messages and get to it when we can. But like one of the messages I had recently asked her, or one of the questions I recently asked her is, I, I'm not saying, I didn't say it like this, but basically I asked her, what are you working for? You know, like what, yeah. like, is there an end goal or is it like just the, do you just like the act of working, you know? And it, it is a very curious thing. Cause like, I mean, fortunately, like I do, I do enjoy a lot of the things that I do. And that's why I like working. Also, I like to have balance. Like I, I like to be involved in my church. I like to work out at my gym. I like to do a number of things where I can like, you know, that still add to my life and also has a social component to it. And sometimes I don't want to do anything. Sometimes I just want to binge watch something on Netflix, you know, and and so just being able to like give ourselves that balance. And I'm sure everyone has their reasons. Like, you know, I know that for a lot of people, it's to provide for their families or, you know, maybe you're just very career driven and that's fine. I, I just I guess I'm just always curious to know, like, what is the the end goal? Like, even if it means to have a lot of money saved up for something. It's like, well, what is that something for? And like, how much does it have to be, you know, for you to finally be satisfied? But anyway, these are all rhetorical questions. We're obviously not talking to those types of people in this interview. I'm just really happy to hear that for you. And and you're even speaking from a cultural perspective where it's like, hey, in Spain, we work to live, not live to work. And I really like that, you know, you have found that balance in a sense and, and you know you know what's most important for you and for you that's your kids and that's your family um, and really your business is the sugar on top or it's the water that wraps around everything else like all around the rocks and the jar that we keep referring to here and and I think that's great I think it's a good lesson to learn because again I feel like there's this weird notion that entrepreneurship has to be a thousand percent like you have to go in a thousand percent and hustle and really show off that hustle life on social media. And the reality is, is like once you're in it, it's actually a lot more boring than it sounds. <laughs> it's boring and exhausting at the same time. Because I've, I've tried to say like, okay, I'm going to get involved in all these things and, mm -hmm. you know, networking and events and such and such. And then all of a sudden I realized like, no, I don't want this, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to do any of it, you know, and, and that's okay. But it, I had to try because I didn't know and yeah. I try and I, and it was not for me. And I can yeah. still do every once in a while, you know, to just show my face in places, but it was not working for me. So I decided to go and focus on what I do, which yeah. is what I enjoy, you know, so. 
Absolutely. And hey, you have reoccurring clients. So I think that speaks a lot. And I think that networking isn't always about I mean, I think there's there's different seasons to networking. There's when you're first building your clientele. So yeah, it makes sense. Like you tell your friends or family or you go to networking events and you do that. But I think once you start to have clients and if you take care of your clients well enough, one, they'll be reoccurring or they could be reoccurring. And two, they can refer business your way. And honestly, word of mouth marketing, I think is so much better than, I mean, I still do everything else. Like, you know, my, my husband and I, we are very like, you know, omnipresent with our marketing, you know, we're on all the socials and we're doing the ads and all the things, but you know, we're also like, we also podcast and we also invest time in nurturing the clients we already have. And, you know, there's just a lot of ways to do it, but you know, to show up to every networking event is, it could be exhausting. It's quite, it's actually very exhausting actually. <laughs> For me, it came to a point where like, okay, if I attend to all these networking events, when am I actually meeting my clients, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't understand why all these people are doing here, you know, like, don't, aren't you working at some point, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Yeah, I had a guy tell me a long time ago, it was at a networking event, and I'll never forget it because I, I walked away feeling quite embarrassed. Like I had like basically at like back then, like over a decade ago when I started like networking and stuff, like I was networking to network. Like my main objective was to like just grab coffee with people. But like once I did put that on the calendar, I didn't really have an objective once I met with them. It was just like, oh, I got them on the calendar. And it was like my whole mission to just meet them and get coffee with them. And I remember this one guy in particular, I had a meeting with him and I realized I didn't know exactly why I wanted to meet with him. And he was very established in our area at the time and reputable and like well-known. And, and I just remember he said to me, and it's, it still stuck with me till this day. He said something like, he's like, if you're always networking, then you're not like, like kind of what you said, like you're not growing your business. Like if you're always networking, then you're not really getting anywhere. Because like you said, it's like, when will I actually have time to see my clients, you know? And and I feel like if you're always networking, you're not you're not necessarily there for the right reasons because the whole purpose of networking is to grab coffee with people or get clients, but to just show up for the sake of showing up, you know, it, that can only get you so far, I think. And there's only so many lunches you, you can buy, you know, and coffee you can buy. And, and oh, yeah, no, off. definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's one thing that networking has taught me is to be more confident, you mm -hmm. know, with mm -hmm. the, my business and, you know, like the Rosner work helped me a lot and, you know, develop all this foundation of what Reset Home is and how to communicate to people about what I do. Yeah. But you can learn that, but then like actually doing it, it's another thing, right? So like yeah. putting myself out there and talking to people about my business and in different settings, in different networking events, and, you know, it kind of, it helped me loosen up a lot, you know, on that sense, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm more confident because I, I have, well, since I started, honestly, like in the beginning, probably it sounded like I'm stupid or something because I didn't know how to put all these words together, you know, yeah. and like, and now I'm like much, much more confident. Like, you know, I can talk to people and I know how to do a good elevator pitch and, and then I can know, I know how to, you know, introduce myself to people just because, Maybe. you know, and like, hey, this is my business card. I would love to, you know, if I see a future connection, hey, can we grab coffee together one day or, you know, so there's great things about networking, but when you overdo it as everything else, you know, in yeah. life, you know, it becomes like not so good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's good too. Everything is is good in moderation, I think is what I'm yes. <laughs> is what I'm hearing from you. Awesome. Well, Mako, I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to share your story and share your journey and, you know, share what is most important to you. And it, it really is sticking to me, like the importance of working to live as opposed to live to work. So I do appreciate you, you know, sharing that. Like I'm going to contemplate about that a little bit more after our call. I want to make sure that you have shared everything you want to share about, you know, yourself, your story, your business uh, to our career military families or those who have already transitioned. Um, what else would you like to say to them, you know, as we start to wrap up here? I would like to mention something that kind of stuck with me since my husband retired. It's definitely a transition. It not only for the for the active duty member to uh 
but also for the entire family. But I saw a struggle in my husband when he was trying to get, not to get, but like once he will get an interview, you know, how different is to, you know, present yourself Mm. as a, you know, Navy veteran than just, you know, to a civilian person. You know, like how companies in the civilian world are not aware of that huge, huge difference, you know. And not only that, is that, you know, the person that I have to remember that has retired, they don't know how to translate their expertise into the wording of, you know, civilian wording about resume and experience and all these qualities and you know, it was very shocking for me that, you know, before he retired, he was in charge of hundreds of sailors, you know. Mm, and yeah. then the first job he got was with uh, one of the very well-known hospitals in this area. And it was a front desk job. And wow. he took it just because, you know, we have a family, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was like... I was very, very surprised because they they didn't see what he had to offer, even though he had a amazing resume, amazing experience, crazy amount of skills. And, you know, after 24 years in the Navy, I mean, like, who doesn't have an amazing set of skills after that, right? And this hospital, which even crazier, they have worn they have won awards for military friendly company, you know, it's like, and now you're offering a 24 year retired veteran a front desk job when he was, you know, in charge of hundreds of sailors yeah. by himself, you know, it's like, how, you know, and for me, the only thing that I thought it could change that is to have another veteran in the room. Mm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every time you are interviewing a veteran to have another veteran in the room, because yeah. n- only another veteran will understand what you're talking about. Only another veteran can guide you through that process, can make you feel 100% more comfortable, you know, and, and you know, you can get where you need to be and when you have to be, you know, so... I don't know. Is for me that I mean now he quit that job. Obviously, like two days in, he's like, "When can I quit this job?" Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. And and it's true. It's like that sense of like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I have much much more to offer, you know. And um, for me, it was like I can't believe that this happens every single day to, you know, years of years of experience in the military. And then like you come out and with very little knowledge of what it is to be out of the military, because yes, they have classes and they have, you know, pamphlets and such, but you don't really know what you're, you know, what to expect. And then to expect that, you know, to find that it's hard. It was a hard truth to face. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a very humbling experience to know of his background and, you know, all the things that he used to do and all the people he used to lead only for him to work a front desk job. Very it's kind of a very surreal. Like, did I just wake up from a dream and now I'm working? I'm actually working a front desk job. (laughs) Must have been a it must be a very surreal experience. But it sounds to me that he was able to find another job. And I I hope that he's I hope that's a better position for him, more suitable to you know, his experience and his background. And it actually reminds me of a a previous guest that I uh, interviewed, shout out to Matt Wood, where he actually helps companies go from military friendly to military ready, you know, actually helping them understand the importance, like the value that our veterans and military retirees have. But it it is really interesting to hear firsthand uh, from your guys' experience that, you know, the average company, the average civilian company knows so little about what it means to take on a veteran as an employee, despite them saying military friendly, it's probably just one of those like, you know, diversity and inclusion things to check off the list, which, you know, I get it. Like, you know, HR, like there's a reason why we have HR to have those types of things and make sure you check off the boxes 
And but then when it comes to the actual execution, it's like it almost feels like it's almost like he's tokenized in a way, you know, where it's like, oh, he's here. They checked it off. But like, what does that really mean? You know, like it doesn't mean that he was going to get like a, a position that best suits like who he really is and his experience and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, nonetheless, I, I commend him for wanting to quit as soon as he um, got hired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm just happy to hear that he is working another job that is better suitable for him. And that's good to know. And I appreciate you, you know, bringing light to that and the realities of what, you know, corporate America, I guess, in a sense, like it looks like and, and kind of giving the heads up, giving the heads up to our military families and military retirees transitioning out. So so thanks for that, Maku. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, look at that. We covered so much today. And I know we're a little over time, so forgive me for going over a bit. But before we do get going, I'm curious if you had any questions for me. And then we will wrap up. And if you don't, it's okay. But I always feel compelled to asking. (laughs) I'm curious how you handle working with your husband. Because I don't think I could. I mean, <laughs> you are not the first person to ask me this question. Um, and let me see. Let me see how I can answer this differently. That's a great question. Actually, I don't even remember how I answered it the first time. But, you know, I think for me, it's like it, it, it's a lot of mental gymnastics. OK, it's a lot of like, OK, you're supposed to love me. But you, I also, <laughs> you also work with me. And it's like, you know, we've been at this for, I'd say like seven years now. And the first, really the uh, the first five years was very much a learning curve for both of us because we, yeah. you know, we both were already self-employed before we met each other. And we were so used to working independently. And we were really not used to working with someone who had, a similar mindset and lifestyle choice. So in a weird way, that was a learning curve to be with someone who like shared that same value of, hey, we're self-employed, we can pick our schedule, we can do all the things. So adjusting to that, adjusting to something that I guess I didn't realize I deserved was Mm -hmm. an adjustment. You know, kind of like they say phrases like, of your own success or imposter syndrome or feeling like you don't deserve mm-hmm. it. So it was kind of like it was kind of going over those mental shifts first. And then it was figuring out how to reframe. <laughs> I'm going to say this nicely, but it's not going to come off nicely. <laughs> figuring out how to reframe every time he annoyed me <laughs> and kind of like, OK, what is he really saying here to not annoy me? Because because the thing is, I, I am quite like linear minded, like I'm 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 not like perfectly systematic and methodical, but I am definitely more of that than my husband is. He's very future focused and he's mm-hmm. the visionary of our business. And in my mind, I'm the kind of person that likes to build upon things where for him, he likes to dump everything on the floor and say, OK, how are we going to do this? You know, like, <laughs> what do you think? What about this idea? And like it keeps throwing things on the ground, thinking that it's going to give me more clarity and thinking that we're going to find something more efficient in all this. And I'm all and and I'm here just trying to like, you know, get acclimated with all the things he threw on the ground and trying to decipher. So so it's been an interesting balance. Well, I guess the key thing for us to work together and I, I will say today, like I love working with him. It's great. You know, I, I genuinely enjoy it. I do have my moments. But for the most part, like it, it just requires a lot, like knowing like what your needs are. And even if he cannot provide it, for example, like one thing I like to do is like we'll record our powwow sessions, like our brainstorming sessions, and then I'm able to re-listen to it and process it later. So like kind of just knowing what your needs are coming into like work meetings. And then it's actually hard for me to make the shift from like working with him to like actually just enjoying him. Like when we walk the dog, for example, or, you know, do something like we go to the gym together or, or do other, you know, just other activities like it's like. I realized that when he wants to like, let's say, oh, let's walk the dog and watch the sunrise in the morning, which is what we did this morning, which I never do because I just it's been too hot lately and I just I'm just not having it. But it happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens to be just right this morning. And one thing I've learned is that when he is in that mindset to want to spend quality time in that way, like I lean into it, even if I don't like it, like I don't like it initially, because once I am in it and I see the sunrise, it's like. It just kind of puts everything back into perspective and, and helps me realize like, you know what, it is really nice like working with my husband because I I get so much, so many benefits for like with like one person, you know, and it's so it's so great. It's such a gift to like 
to have all that and not have to like, I mean, yes, I have friends and, you know, social circles and stuff, but to know that I can do a lot of things that already like that, that I enjoy in life with one person, it's fun. It genuinely is. And so I guess that's how I put it. I don't know if that answered your question, but for the most part, no, yeah, really taking a lot of mental gymnastics and reframing and accepting and also knowing like my needs to get to that place and also trusting him and how he wants to lead, not just in our business, but in our relationship to be like, okay, like I let go and let God. <laughs> it's kind of With also this? like a phrase that I go as well. I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. You know, it's like, it's like that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have to control everything. I can just lean into it and trust and, you know, trying to find that balance. But overall, like I'm a better person for it. And we put a lot of work into it. Like we had a friend the other day say to us, like, cause he's like, he's single and, but he's actively trying to like find someone and start a family and mm-hmm. stuff. And he says to us, he's like, oh, you guys are really lucky that you have each other. And then immediately I looked, I looked at Scott and I was like, well, we worked really hard on this. So like, just know that we didn't just like fall into each other's laps. Like we. Oh, no. Really yeah, marriage is not just like being lucky. I mean, yeah. yes, you're lucky to have that person, but then like yeah. you have to put in the work every single day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I will say because we do not have kids yet, like I think that that kind of helps because we were able to build a business first and like, you know, co-parent two pets first. And, and I think at this point, it's like, okay, like, you know, I think that we are very ready, you know, to start a family because we already deal with the the trials and tribulations of having run a business together for so many years. And we've moved a lot together as well, not because of military, just by circumstance. And, and there's just been a lot of like pivots in our life, but we were able to manage it. And, and it's because of that where I think, okay, like, I think we're going to be OK. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm so excited to want to start a family with you. So pray for us. We're actively trying. <laughs> and and, uh, oh, well. you know, yeah. And so all that. And but, you know, for now, in the meantime, it's really appreciating this time and, and really cherishing the time that I could do all these things with him before mm-hmm. we add new responsibilities in our life. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Well, thanks for asking, Maku. I really appreciate it. And I genuinely want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on our show. And I'm just so excited. I hope our listeners get a lot of value from your story today. And with that, just thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you, Jen. Awesome. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. Okay, hey everyone, welcome to the post commentary. As I was saying at the beginning, it was great meeting Maku in person over a year ago. And I wanna personally thank you, Maku, for having waited, I guess. And I'm so, so, so grateful that we found each other again because of our partnership with the Rosie Network to feature service to CEO graduates. And so I think that, you know, you having come on for this season couldn't have come at a better time. It was really great to hear your story and how you've become more organized, more organized in your own business, in your own organizing business. And yeah, it was just such a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, with that said, I also want to take this time, if you made it to the very end, to say thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to our show, then you may notice that the audio quality on my end may have been a little different or off-putting. And that is because my audio quality at the time that I was recording, I didn't know till after the fact that um, I was having some technical issues. And so if you happen to make it to the very end, I want to give a shout out to my editor, Dennis, 
for making me sound the best that I could. And also thank you for, you know, listening all the way through. And it's my hope that you got a ton of value listening to Maku and that my audio quality did not distract you from, you know, her sharing her story and all that. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And of course, I have to always express gratitude by gifting you all with access to our free podcast portal, which is available at holdingonthefordpodcast.com forward slash portal. Not only do you have bonus content on there, but you get access to our free private podcast. So it's like the bonus content. It's it's a podcast portal podcast, podcast portal podcast. <laughs> so it's additional content, additional conversations, additional resources, education, all the things in hopes that you can continue to do more than follow orders, think outside the box and manifest your dreams. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you in the portal and I'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.